heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. There was a time where we could say uh, America was divided. We the people were divided. We had different political thoughts. And then we always were able to come back and rest on the bipartisanship, uh, the art of the deal, the negotiating point, right? You bring minds together and you come up with the answer, the, the solution to the problem. And you compromise. We're seeing the word divide doesn't fit the moment anymore, does it? I mean, the, the schism in America is, is a Grand Canyon. It is, it is wide and deep and the width, and it's tremendous. It's more than just a divide. It's now, really, it's a schism. It's a Grand Canyon affair. Is America at that revolutionary moment? I do not condone the violence that took place in the Capitol on January 6th. Am I clear on that? I'll repeat this several more times for the Inquisition and thought police investigators that are sure to follow many Americans around as the government changes hands from the crazy orange man to the compassionate intellectual socialists that want to bring us all together who will assume authority next. In the summer of 2020, as America burned, and our leaders on the left fanned the flames of hatred and incited thousands of people to take to the streets to make sure everyone heard their righteous cries for truth and justice. Millions of Americans recoiled at the violence. While the left lectured all of us that America is so evil, so bad, so unjust, unfair, racist, and possessed of such privilege that destruction, looting, and burning was not just a correct response, but a moral one as well. After all, there was no choice left for the voiceless but to make themselves heard in the only way they could, by creating violence and chaos in the streets. The goal being to get the attention of those in power to listen to their pleas for justice. Well, historically, this concept is not far off base, is it now? I do not condone the violence that took place in the Capitol on January 6th. Think the American Revolution, dumping the tea in the Boston Harbor, attacking British troops, assets, ships, and supplies, all to get the powers that be to listen to their desire for freedom, liberty. This was the only course of action left to the colonists who tried asking for relief, begging for relief, making their case for relief, only to be ignored, attacked in response and driven to the edge. The people of France assaulted a royal palace and beheaded a queen to get their message out, to make people listen, 
when they were ignored, attacked and driven to the edge. This is the ultimate and inevitable response of a person or a people when their voices are not heard. Justice is denied to them. Their liberty is taken and their lives are reduced to a mere annoyance to those in power, the elite and the privileged. I do not condone the violence that took place in the Capitol on January 6th. Now, all of these examples make a clear and focused point. You can only push people so far before they react. That reaction can take various forms, usually starting with words. People will try to talk out their problems for the most part. On a small scale, if your neighbor makes noise all night, you might ask them to quiet down. If they refuse, you might yell at them. If they still refuse, you might call the police or seek a court-imposed remedy. These are the proper responses of a civilized individual. The problem comes when the person aggrieved gets no positive response to the complaint. When the neighbor ignores their reasonable pleas and the local authorities fail to do their appropriate duties, and if the court fails to follow through on the imposition of a solution, well, the aggrieved may feel and believe they have no choice but to make a louder, more forceful plea by responding in kind to the noise or even further to attack the person causing their problem while this analogy is not the same in scale, it is surely the same in concept. I do not condone the violence that took place in the Capitol on January 6th. In our nation today, we are divided like no time before. So divided are we that many Americans are talking about a real schism in the nation and a new civil war. Though these words may seem on their face as just words, anyone who has been paying attention knows there is a much deeper well of feeling to go along with these sentiments. If we were to look deeper, we would see that the reason for this schism is not due to any specific policy or politician, it's based on a growing realization that our government is really not of the people, by the people, for the people, but rather of the elite, by the elite, for the elite. It's the ruling class from both parties. Regular Americans be damned. We are all starting to realize we have no real power. You can't fight City Hall, they say. The government does not exist and work for the people. The people are living under the thumb of an all-powerful behemoth that has no empathy for the plight of real people and must exist under a concern that the all-seeing eye of government must turn its gaze to you and suffer you will. As a man among what seems to be the last generation to believe that we still have most of the traditional American legacies on our side, the belief that freedom and liberty, the rule of law, 
and the understanding that no matter one's politics, both political parties would preserve the American way of life. We believe that our courts, especially our high courts, were our allies in this tradition of freedom, always a sanctuary from the harshness and rancor of politics and our last line of defense to maintain our lives in liberty against the advance of tyranny. Well, the truth, the real reason people rebel in any nation and why the capital was stormed is this. The veneer we live with is gone. The truth is blinded and painful. Well, my fellow Americans, the emperor has no clothes. And we see him for what he is. Another corruption on the road of human existence. We clearly have a two-tier justice system. One for the elites, the Hillary Clintons of the world, and the federal agents who commit crimes like Comey and Strzok, and one for the mere plebs of society. The citizens, the Americans, you and I, protesting for your rights and to be heard on issues you believe with all your heart, like an election being filled with fraud, is valid only if you meet certain requirements dictated by another set of elites, our left-wing politicians and weak right-wing politicians and their allies in the mass media and tech world. It's a consolidation of power to the likes we've never seen before. We are told we must excuse, even applaud, and understand the rage of people who feel they are not heard when they riot and burn because their cause is legitimate after all. Still, when another group feels the same way about their issue, it is to be dismissed out of hand and judged as lunacy conspiracy theorist, and the yammering of haters. Well, one group is hailed as free speech heroes, no matter the form their speech takes, violent or otherwise. In contrast, other groups are labeled as seditious, treasonous, and deserving of swift, immediate, and crushing punishment. One group can storm the Supreme Court and the Senate chamber, and threaten the lives of those inside to oppose a nominee to the court that is lauded as a blow for freedom and justice. When another group does the same thing in pursuit of securing their rights and their freedom and their justice, it is depicted as the epitome of evil and must be denounced and everyone prosecuted. I do not condone the violence that took place in the Capitol on January 6th when over 74 million plus Americans cried out for a hearing about their concerns and provide credible evidence to be investigated. And they have turned away without so much as an acknowledgement that their point of view should be reviewed by our political leaders, our courts, and the other half of our citizens. They are expected to take the rebuke and denial of a fair heron as justice because their point of view has been deemed illegitimate by the decree of the elite. Well, when one group of protesters creates weeks worth of destruction, mayhem, assaults police officers and leads to death in multiple cities, 
and anyone calling it out is labeled as a hater, a racist. Another group of protesters does a similar thing, albeit it is one time. They are immediately labeled as domestic terrorists. No one seems to care. To ask why these people might be agitated and upset in such a way. I do not condone the violence that took place in the Capitol on January 6th. As the flames raged on in our burning cities, politicians made public statements about the value and legitimacy of the violence as a means to be heard. Still, when another group does it for the same reasons, they recoil in horror, spouted platitudes about the violence and the need to stamp out the protesters immediately. While these kinds of examples, uh, this blatant hypocrisy can go on and on and on. We all know them by heart at this moment. The reason for the rage and violence is because people don't feel they are being heard and their voice has no outlet for justice. No matter the group perpetrating the event, violence is always wrong. Unfortunately, in America today, we have speech police, thought police, cancel culture judges, and a host of other unbalanced, biased, and disconnected rules and regulations and punishments and treatments set up for Americans. All dependent on which side of the political aisle you're on, this is injustice in its purest form. So while I do not condone the capital violence on January 6th or the violence that raged in the summer and to some extent still goes on in American cities today, I can come to but one conclusion. While it is wrong when people have no other choice, they will make themselves heard one way or another, no matter what group it is, when they have reached their limit of mistreatment. This is inevitable, and we see the proof right before our very eyes. First, we had one group of citizens lashing out to be heard. Now we have a second group. It's only a natural course of events, and we should all take heed of the warnings. In the days and weeks to come, my fellow Americans, how all of this plays out is still very much unknown. We do know that the determinant factor will not be put into play by the aggrieved people, but by those whose job it is to listen to them. We ignore our people at the peril of our nation. History's clear on that. And while America has been exceptional for all of its existence, we are the same as every other nation on earth when our freedoms and liberties that are our birthright are removed, curtailed, or molested. People can pretend for only so long. People can allow disparate treatment for only so long. People can live with limited free speech for only so long. People can be censored for only so long.
People can pretend for only so long. People can allow disparate treatment for only so long. People can live with limited free speech for only so long. People can be censored for only so long. There comes a time when the people will not tolerate the intolerable and the people will rise up. When that time comes, my fellow Americans, and it is ever so close at this moment in time, in a word, revolution. Now, what I just read to you, I did not write all of those words, but I said them with passion from my heart and my soul as to what has taken place in our country. You will meet the author of many of those words I just read to you in just a bit. This schism that we find ourselves in is a Grand Canyon size hole. It is far beyond a divide. We can all sense that. We know what's taken place. We know it's not normal behavior. We are uncomfortable with what has taken place around us. And it's more than just the uncertainties of what is yet to come. We know our liberty is at stake. We know our way of life is at risk. We've had a lot of talk about a blue America and a red America and this divide. And to explain it further, let me read you two comments that just arrived in here from people who listen to our programming and read our blogs and our columns and there's one from someone on the left and someone on the right. The first, bravo, Democrats are communist who will plunge the country under the thumb of Nazi tyrants. There is simply no reasoning with them. They have no tolerance for anyone pointing out flaws in their reasoning and their make up their own version of what the rational person says, which bears no resemblance to what they actually said or did, refusing to even hear a slight variation on the false narrative they have swallowed. Fact, big business is cruel and greedy and capitalism taken to extremes, such as the Western world currently has is horrible, but equally true, governments that control everything are worse because they allow themselves the authority to use violent force. The solution is both sides agreeing to rein in the illicit powers of both ideologies. But we can't do it because Democrats refuse to acknowledge anything but their extremist views, not one iota of reason. It's an interesting comment from this reader or listener. And I especially like the fact, the point of the fact big business being cruel and greedy and capitalism taken to extremes such as the Western world currently has is horrible. And we're seeing that play out in big business, big tech, uh, big media. And they go on to say, but equally true, governments that control everything are worse because 
They allow themselves the authority to use force, violently at times. The solution is both sides agreeing to rein in the illicit powers of both ideologies. That is an interesting recipe right there. Let's focus on that a moment. The solution is both sides agreeing to rein in the illicit powers of both ideologies. That would be kind of a compromise, I guess, of some sort, wouldn't it? That would be where you come together. And it's not just a policy here, but this person is speaking of ideologies, which I think disempowers this statement even more, because we're not just talking about a policy or principle, but we're talking about an entire ideology, that the solution to rein in the illicit powers. That's well-spoken, my fellow Americans, well-spoken. That's from a Diane. And thank you, Diane, for sending that comment in. Powerful. The other comment comes in and it says this. You are being reported for lying and slander. This is it. The spreading of a false narrative, trying to say the Democratic Party is like the Nazis or heading towards communism. You really have drank from some poisonous Kool-Aid. Shameful what you've done to actually ruin our country. We used to have decent bipartisanship in this country, but you crazy right-wingers have gone too far now. Be prepared with lots of legal fees to defend your lies. Well, that says plenty too, doesn't it now? That's someone from the left, clearly. This one here is just... They used the name Defendant America. Didn't use their real name, so I don't know what it is. Here's what makes this so egregious at the moment. No matter what the election was, again, legit or fraud, and putting that all aside, those circumstances, but keeping everything clean and equal here, if you have the next powers to be to come in, and they're talking about these kinds of magnified changes. I mean, we're talking changes that are incredible, monstrous. I mean, they're, these are changes that would change the fundamental foundation. They change the woodwork and they change the furniture and they change the structure. Things like the electoral college and the popular vote, things like the Supreme Court, things like how many states were made up of. These are structural parts of our country. They're, they're structural parts of our constitution. They're structural parts of America. And let me tell you, they make people very uncomfortable when you start talking those kinds of radical changes. Now, those things have been discussed at great length and supported by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and many other far left Democrats. It goes beyond a Green New Deal, although that would bankrupt us. It goes beyond all their economic policies that would also bankrupt us. It goes beyond raising all your taxes and overburdensome regulations, although that would hurt us and bankrupt us. It goes beyond all of that, people, or these, these uh, communist policies, somebody would suggest. It's, there's an ideological shift even beyond those policies that are structural in nature, 
that changes who we are, what we are, how we think. We were born here. Our birthright is liberty. It is our freedom. We, we are not able to look the other way. We didn't steal this. We were born into this. It's what we know. It's all we know is our liberty, our freedom here in the United States of America. That's why we took it so personally when they disrespected the flag and they kneeled and irritated us so badly and kept doing it. And that Marxist left have been pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And they've been doing that now for some years. We can dial it all the way back to Ferguson. It's been coming on for many years now. And here we are at this moment. And people can feel it. They can feel the angst is incredible. Everybody, depression, people are sad. They're killing themselves. And they see the mighty America. And then we also see foreign interference. And we see countries we don't trust being questioned as having a heavy hand in our elections, but more in our, so in our way of life, right? And how we do business and who we are. So we look at these comments of the left and the right and the, the schism that is in place here in our nation. And it gives us all pause as to what this looks like ahead. We talk about the red America and the blue America and how, how deep the, you know, we would have said the divide before, how deep the divide is. But again, the schism is bigger than just a divide. It's, it, it, I, I look at a divide as just a little crack in a, in a canyon somewhere that you can hop over and is, you know, we can mend that, fix it. I look at this kind of a hole as a Grand Canyon size hole, which I guess is still a divide, but it's not a small divide. It's a magnificent hole um, in our thought processes. Back to that, uh, com that comment from Diane, the solution is both sides agreeing to rein in the illicit powers of both ideologies. That's a lady who loves America. I can tell you that right now. I don't know who she is, but she loves America. That's a brilliant comment to make right there. That, that's a moment in time. That's, and this is a moment in time for America. I, I've been talking about that in past days. It is actually an opportunity for our great nation to take a, a double take, a, a, a double pause, a double swallow, and really look at the moment and embrace the moment. And again, as I always said many times, you get inside a boardroom and you figure it out or inside the Capitol and you figure it out and imagine having a whiteboard exercise there. Imagine turning on the cameras and letting the, the country see it and let the world see freedom ring and see the mark of liberty and who we are, what we can agree to and what we can't agree to. And maybe there are things we can agree to that we can come and say, here's the list and here are the things we don't agree with and maybe make that list. And then we, we tend to have to begin to compromise. But the problem with all of that is that the ideological split is tremendous. And just in the case of things that people will never agree on, like abortion, it's, you know, it's the moral dilemma of our lifetime, right? Or is it? I mean, there are things like that. And then, then you start to look at, you know, again, a Judeo-Christian nation. Is America still that? Well, there are those who want, their, of course, free speech, freedom of religion, freedom to think the way you want to be, diversity of opinion, 
These are beautiful American traits, but they try to push them onto others. And then they don't want you to have the manger scene. They don't want you preaching God anywhere. They don't want to see any of that. They don't want the manger scene. They don't want any part of it anymore. Everybody wants it their way. They don't want to do what Diane says to rein in the illicit. And I just read her comment live here. It just came in as I went live with you. So uh, I had no time to study what she said other than I knew it was an interesting comment, but I, really I'm, it's all unfolded in my mind as I'm talking to you right now. And it's, she was brilliant in her analysis here, just brilliant. It hardly gets better than that. And that shows you the power of why I love this platform, America Out Loud, to bring the voices there. And I'm happy to have these other voices here. I don't censor uh, people. I, I don't want hate and language, that kind of thing, but I don't want to censor people. So I'm happy to have the opinions, the diversity of opinion from the left, as this Defended America person said. Obviously, the Defended America person wants to defend an America, but they see a different America than what many of us see. There are a lot of companies right now that are trying to take our country down. Now, I say that not with any joy in my step when I say that. There are a lot of corporations, companies, yes, I said that, trying to take America down. There are social media outlets trying to take America down. When I say take America down, I mean it because they have no right to censor Americans in the way that they are doing. No, they don't. That's not, they don't play judge and jury on speech. You let the chips fall where they fall and you let the authorities handle it. We have law enforcement in this country and we have National Guard and we have others. That's not for the oligarchs that are running these social media empires and the tech giants to do. And yet we see that happening in our country now, right? And look at the corporations who want it their way. You either follow along or, or they invest all of the money into these Marxist groups that are burning and vandalizing our cities. And we're supposed to sit and like it because that went on for months and months and months. And they didn't say anything on the left. It was okay. It wasn't COVID being the problem. It was all of this. And then you add COVID to insult to injury and then the election. And now <laughs> my fellow Americans, you have a populace that is rising quickly. They, they've lost patience and they're hurting. And here we are. Those companies, those corporations, those tech giants and our foreign adversaries, I ask you please to be cautious, be careful where you spend your money with these kinds of groups. This will be the undoing of our great nation. I ask you to please, when you take your wallet out, to be cautious, to be careful, to be practical where you spend your money. Because evil forces, if they don't have the resources, are not going to be effective. But if they have all the resources, they're going to be very effective at hurting America right where it counts. And this is a problem. I have been discussing with you in past days and weeks, shoptotheright.com, shoptotheright.com. Very simple. You put it in your browser, you go there. There's a nationwide database. It's growing every day. You can search by geography. You can search by category. 
There's all kinds of ways. Play with the site. See what you think. Let us know what you think. Again, I this is just some people that uh, it's an idea that seems the time has come. It's not my idea, but I like the idea and I'm embracing the idea. And these people contacted me a couple of months ago and said, you know, we like the message at America Orlando. We'd be honored if you would represent us. And I, I looked at what they had to offer. And this was before the election. And now with the election, we know the stakes are higher than ever. So we all need to be careful. Everybody, all Americans need to be cautious as to where, and that's Democrats, Republicans, independents, moderates, everybody needs to be careful. Unless you want to support companies and outfits and organizations who are going to burn and vandalize your cities down, or to our adversaries and enemies across the sea, such as China, then I think you need to pay attention. Shoptotheright.com. You can list your business there for free as well. It's a very cool site. Check it out and let us know what you think. We're going to pause a moment here. I'm going to come back with the author of some of those amazing words that I delivered to you up front in the program. More Voice of a Nation in just a moment. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. This is not a fight of Republican versus Democrat. It's not a fight of rich versus poor, old versus young, man versus woman, gay versus straight. It's not a fight of black lives, blue lives, Hispanic lives, or white lives. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Hail, my fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, You were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list, and they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com, and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. 
Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. So while I do not condone the capital violence on January 6th or the violence that raged in the summer and to some extent still goes on in American cities, I can come to one conclusion. While it is wrong, when people have no other choice, they will make themselves heard one way or another, no matter what group it is, when they have reached their limit of mistreatment. This is inevitable. And we see the proof of that right before our very eyes now. This is the piece I read to you earlier in the program, my fellow Americans. Now that piece, was part of a very inspiring message that was given to me today. And it is indeed live at AmericaOutloud.com. But I want to bring the author on now of, I think, this uh, amazing uh, piece that makes us all think about this, this moment in time, this word revolution. And of course, when I read it earlier, I ad-libbed a bit, but the, but the general sense of that piece is from no other than our colleague and friend, Lieutenant Joseph Pangaro. And uh, he is the author of the impetus of this piece here, uh, In a Word Revolution. Um, all right, Joe, you, you wrote, you know, we all feel the oddness of the moment and we, we, everybody senses it. I mean, Democrats, Republicans, left, right, center, everybody knows there's a moment in time we are experiencing, we are living through, and it's beyond just the fact that the cities were burning all year long. It's beyond the fact of COVID had invaded our shores it's beyond the fact of an election that may or may not have been fraudulent. It's beyond all of that. All of this combined has put the frog in the water burning badly. And at this point, we find ourselves right at that moment. Tell me the inspiration now when we talk about a revolution and, and your, your thoughts on why you feel we're at this moment, this revolutionary moment. Malcolm, <clears throat> What moved me to write that piece was an understanding that the the attack on the Capitol was not, in my opinion, an insurrection. That was a group of people who were fed up and they, they went beyond what what is reasonable. They they went in a place where I know you can't just walk in there. You can't knock down a door. And the violence that we saw, a police officer lost his life. This is a tragedy and this is a criminal action of people who did that. Well, in the summertime, when we saw the, the riots and we saw the protesting and the violence there, many people were outraged and saw the deaths, the officers who were attacked, the destruction that went on, and were frustrated by it, that, that nothing was stopping it. And as I look at the two events, though they seem you know, completely on opposite ends of the world, the reality came to me is that the people that, that stormed into the Capitol building, as wrong as they were to do that, and engaged in violence and wrong as they were to do that, it's because it seems as though they have not been heard. You know, 75 million people who voted for President Trump, lots of them, and including some Democrats, believe that there was some type of fraud that went on with the election. People were not demanding that it be overturned. People were saying, let's look at the evidence. 
and it was it was thrown away. Nobody wanted to look at it. Nobody wants to hear it. There was nobody there to stand for the people that were screaming, let's look at the election. When I reflected on the summer, I saw the people there that were doing what they were doing, the violence they were committing. Though we can disagree with it, just like we disagree with the Capitol. It was because they were saying there's something wrong here and no one is listening to us. Our country now is so di di diametrically opposed to each other mm -hmm. that we cannot even come to an understanding that people are screaming to be heard. And when the courts will not listen, when the authorities will not listen, when the politicians who are supposed to listen to us and, and try and see what they can do will not listen, you drive people to the very edge. So while I might have disagreed with what happened in the summer and I could come up with a hundred ways that you know I could have suggested it be done better, the fact is we had people there who felt in their perception was that they were at the edge. No one was listening. This is what was left. Similarly, I saw that in the people that were, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people who were in the Capitol on the 6th were not there to storm in and hurt people and kill people. Some of the people did that and they're wrong and they should be held to account. But the fact that all those people were there was because they feel no one is listening to them. They are screaming in the dark and there's no one to turn a light on. So no matter what side of this you're on, that is the problem. And that is what I'm saying. You can't drive a people so far, no matter who the people are, before they will take some kind of a violent action. That is inevitable when you've tried every remedy available to you, but nobody will listen or do anything about it. Sometimes you have to take things into your own hands, and that's what people are doing. That's dangerous for all of us as Americans. Okay. That's dangerous everywhere. Joe, throughout the year of 2020, with a lot of these uh, moments in so many cities that it's countless, there's no need to name off all the cities. I mean, but it's it's been throughout uh, coast to coast, these, uh, uh, these moments of fires and vandalism and cruelty and uh, beyond civil unrest, uh, crime, the criminal components of America, we were all experiencing living with and many from the far left got up and even the uh, close to the center left and said, you know, they didn't speak out really, they let it go on and they said they just have to do their thing. Now, they were many stores and uh, shopping districts were obliterated. They were looted heavily, but destroyed as well. And these are some very prime real estate and really remarkable areas, even places like the Miracle Mile in Chicago and the beautiful Soho districts of New York and the shopping districts of San Francisco, all kinds of places were violated badly. When all that was happening and the crime factor and the people who hurt people and did these kinds of things. I don't recall the authorities going to any level or extent, and I want you to correct me on this if it happened, if, I, if this is incorrect enough, if I miss this, but I don't recall the national talking points and the stories where they went and, you know, did face checks and checked to see who all these people were and arrested people accordingly. I, the message I got that is most of these people, uh, you know, maybe there were some people held accountable. I don't even know who they were, but the vast majority of people got a pass and were allowed to vandalize and burn and steal and hurt. And there didn't seem to be any recourse. Now, what's, what's the truth of that? Did that happen or did I miss that? 
No, you, you, I'm sure there was uh, on a local level, there may have been some accountability for that, but that is part of the overall problem that is creating this division, this, this anger, this animosity, is that we did see in the summer, not only was it not large scale uh, attempts to identify who was doing the damage, we could see people's faces, we could see thousands of faces of who was doing right. what, Absolutely. but we didn't use uh, you know, facial recognition to go after them in five minutes, where the people in the, that attacked the Capitol, they went after them. Now, let me be crystal clear, even in the piece, I had to say it over and over and over again, because like you mentioned in the beginning, there are thought police now, there are uh, cancel cultures. I find what happened at the Capitol abhorrent. That should never have happened. They should never have crashed in there and done that. They should have let their voices be heard. In the summer, they should not have burned and destroyed. They should have let their voices be heard. And the frustration of the summer was that we didn't see anyone even attempt to hold people accountable. And many of our politicians applauded it and said it was a good thing. All right. So you are, you are telling me what I need to know then. So you didn't see that either. You would agree with me. They seem to get a pass. Joe Helen said that. Right now, you're seeing, I mean, the reports I'm seeing, facial recognition, rounding up hundreds and hundreds of people. We'll never sleep till we get every damn one of them. I mean, I, I, the stories I'm seeing are just unbelievable. I mean, and this is the, the FBI now, the Department of Justice, all the people we couldn't get to move on any level for any sort of justice or anywhere to be found. And now all of a sudden, justice is prime and paramount in our nation. We're going to track every one of these bastards down. We're going to hold them accountable. What's what's wrong with that picture, Joe? Well, that's where I what I said in the article was that the reason that it's so frustrating to everyone is that the veneer of fairness is, is has been removed. There is no fairness. There is no power to the people. This is a political move right now, what we're seeing. This that's serves right. a political purpose of, of certain people that have, that have the media on their side, and there's a narrative that they want to push now that they're all in. You know, we see the cancel culture, we see media shutting people off, silencing voices, when in the summer, they wanted no part of that. When both things were wrong, both should have been investigated and stopped, but we're only doing it to one side. That creates animosity that creates division and that crosses violence. All right, let me ask you this now, and this has been on my mind and my heart in recent days and weeks. And uh, all right, there are a lot of people like yourself, Joe, and many others on our platform and many others in our country who would say that we would never condone violence as it is said in the piece here. And it's said many times, and I read it many times to our listeners, I do not condone the violence that took place in the Capitol on January 6th. Okay. There's a difference between condoning violence and the necessity of violence. And I want to talk about that a moment with you as a man of law and order, as a man that has worn the badge and a man who understands a civil society. When you look at America, Joe, and you look at our 245 years that we've been in existence here, I'm often reminded of the moments we've had. I call them our Lexington Concord moments. We've had a series of them. We've also stood up for mankind all around the globe. We've done world wars. We have sacrificed much for the salvation of mankind here in the fight of good and evil on this planet. And we've done it countless times which is really what is, makes America who we are, what we are. 
And there are moments where we have had to take to violence in whatever form or shape or form that happens to be, Joe. I mean, you, you can call it many things, but there is that violent component that then takes over to fight down evil forces. We've had it before. We've had it with civil wars here and revolutionary wars. We've had it against England. We've had it at other moments. And let me say this. Here's what comes to my mind. We would not be the United States of America if at every moment of history in our time that people looked at each other and they said, we cannot condone violence. If George Washington said that in the Potomac, we cannot condone violence. If they say all the way back in time, if they continue, we cannot, and they lay down for evil forces, Joe, we would not be talking right now, you or I. We would not exist. Do you realize that? There's no doubt about it, Malcolm. You're 100% right. And, and I think what I tried to craft into the piece was the inevitability of that. Once you've talked, you've tried everything at your at your your disposal, then, you know, you talk to the Nazis back in World War II, you demanded that they didn't take land, you demand that they leave. And at some point, they're not going to and you have to make a choice, you either walk away, or you take action. And sometimes that action is violence. It's the only way to make things happen sometimes. That's right. Unfortunately, and that's just the only way it works. It's the context mm -hmm. in which that takes place. If yeah. people were being rounded up in America and put in concentration camps, that might be the time for violence. Well, hold on now, my friend. Uh, you know, maybe they're not rounded up at this moment, although we are getting an enormous amount of threats in here. And I read some to listeners earlier and been doing that in past days uh, from the left, by the way. Um, but they are being totally shut out. I mean, big tech and big media and big everything here. They ha what's happened now, and I've talked about this in many forums in past days on Viewpoint on the weekend program and in, uh, in other days here on Voice of a Nation, that, you know, there's been a consolidation of power in America to the likes we've never seen before in our lifetime or probably any lifetime. The consolidation of power is a frightening thought right now. That is equivalent to rounding us up, Joseph Pangaro, because right now you have all the forces and the oligarchs and the political operatives, but the but all of the oligarchs, they've all come together in the social media and the media and the tech worlds and the political worlds to shut this down. And they're going to extreme measures right now to shut it all down. They don't want to hear from anyone. And that's a problem right now, but that is equivalent, pretty close, if it's not the same as rounding us all up. Well, here's where I'm gonna have to maybe slice a fine line here. There's a difference between a preemptive strike on things, which we anticipate they're going to round us up and people are calling for re-education camps of, P of Trump supporters and they're calling for exactly. you know, uh, destroying of the Trumps, but it hasn't happened yet. But, but they so, are darn well talking about, now you bring up a terrific point. They are absolutely talking about what you say. In fact, they're talking about canceling out all Trump supporters. In fact, Forbes magazine, the Forbes conglomerate came out and said, we will do more than that. We will not do business. We will censor. We will not do business. We will go after whoever is going to hire anybody who was part of anything and part of Trump world. Any of those people that were part of Trump world can't get a, a, a fair word here because you had a different philosophical belief or a different opinion or a different thought. That's being said right now. Isn't that rounding them up? It's not physically rounding people up. And, and there is there is a distinction between the two. It's doing damage to people, no doubt. But we have a response to that that's not violent. 
We can find our own people to create social media platforms. We can spend our own money to create that kind of thing. We can write our own magazine. All right. We can All right. finance our own so thing. What it's you're suggesting is we haven't been put in the cable cars yet, right? We haven't been put in the cable cars yet, right? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't had that action taken against us. We anticipate it. People feel it. They talk about it, right. but it hasn't happened. So to strike out violently at something that hasn't happened is not appropriate either, see, even though what, we can see it coming. That's what good guys do. Here's what makes this moment so different. You know, Joe, as I said to listeners earlier, um, it's one thing to know that, you know, whether or not it was a purely a perfect election or a fraudulent election, put that all on the side. The fact of what's happening in social media worlds and media worlds and what's taking place there, put all that aside. Put everything aside over here. And let's say everything is equal right now. And there's a new administration coming in. And maybe you don't like their policies. Well, we've been through that in our country. In fact, we've been through it with 45 administrations and now we'll be 46 presidents and total administrations and changing hands from left to right to right to left, which is what's made America what it is. Here's the problem. Right now in our country, people sense that the policies that they wanna instill are definitely Marxist policies that will bankrupt our nation, but it goes further than that. They wanna change the structure of the country. This is more than just turning, moving the furniture around. They want to change the entire structure of America and they want, and they, this is not hidden now. And, and they want to do it in many ways. They want to add more States. That's, they've just said it this week, last week, the week before they continue to say it. Joe Biden tweeted about it just a few months ago. It's a swell idea. You know, it's going to happen. They want to change the electoral college and go to the popular vote. So New York and California and Illinois will elect the next president. And that's that. They want, to, these are all things that are in play here. They want to add new states. They want to change the, the, the program of how you get them there. And there is the talk about packing the courts and all of that, and whether or not that happens or what kind of structural changes they need to make. That is some major changes in our nation. That is what has people unrest. It's not just the fact that you have a, a new ideology coming in. It's an ideology we can't recognize, Pangaro. We can't recognize this ideology. We can't see straight. We don't know what the hell that looks like. Isn't that a moment? It absolutely is, Malcolm, and that is the, the whole point of pushing people too far. Right now, we're afraid of those things happening. If they follow through with them, just like in any other country, when, when the British controlled our country and they pushed people too far, there was a moment that people had to make a stand. Uh, the people of France, they attacked the king and the queen when it became too much. And if they do those things to America to transform us from a freedom, liberty place to a socialist, communist type of a country – that will be a moment that every American, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are on, right. has to determine is freedom and liberty the most valuable thing to you, and then you have to act accordingly. And that's when you push people against the wall, and that's when across all human experience is the moment when revolution can be born. That's exactly it. Uh, you're, you're listening there to Lieutenant Joseph Pangaro. Uh, the piece that we referenced uh, a bit earlier here is entitled, In a Word, Revolution. It sits atop of AmericaOutloud.com, and you are welcome to read that and take that in and in any way or every way that it can possibly help you. 
Uh, you heard me do a live read and ad-lib many of the thoughts that uh, I thought were important to get across in the program today. In a word, a revolution. What does that mean? It can take many forms and many shapes and many sizes. We are all God-loving, peaceful people. We do not desire to have violence. As uh, Joe says here, we do not condone the violence. Under normal circumstances, that is very accurate and very true. You have to begin to question yourself, my fellow Americans, is when do we have that, when is that red line crossed? I don't have all the answers for you today, and my point isn't to call for that. That is not what I'm doing here. But it's to bring to the light where the problems are and for us to decide as a people what happens next. And I think there's some serious pause that needs to happen now as we continue to see how far do they go before we find the walls have closed in and we can't breathe any further. And we can no longer recognize these United States. And then do we get to the conference table, as I said with you yesterday? And do we divide the nation up accordingly in a civil way? Or is there another Lexington and Concord moment that changes this paradigm forever? I don't have the answers to those questions, but I put them out there for your consideration. Thank you again for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud.